0: Well, we're going to be in a new series for the month of January, and it's exciting. We're going to be talking about renewing some spiritual disciplines. It's a good time of the year where if you go to the local gyms, they say statistically they're packed in January. Like literally, like it's hard. You have to like wait in line for different machines. But then by the time you get there, February, March, there's no lines. Um, And so we're in this place of newness, renewing, right? We want to start new. Some of you maybe have written resolutions or maybe you're on a new diet plan or maybe you're doing some different things new and different this year, right? A new year gives us that opportunity to start over, to hit reset, And uh, that's going to be our focus uh, this month, is just really talking about renewing some of these disciplines, how we can look at them differently, and God has given us the ability to have our scripture, to be able to read, right? The ability to pray, to go before his throne. We're going to talk about fasting, the power that that does in our lives, and, of course, the altar. Um, And so it's going to be a great month. Before we go any farther, I do want to um, embarrass my child here that's here today, Aislinn. So Aislinn is here with her husband, Mason, and our grandson, Riley, and so we're glad that you're here. So this is Riley's first time, yeah, right, to uh, hear hear his Gigi preach. So hopefully he'll give me some thumbs up a little bit later. So we're glad that you guys are here, and um, family's important, right? And so we're grateful to have them here today to be with us, so... Renew. It means this, to make new, to revive, or to bring to life. So I want you to pause right now in your own personal world. What needs renewed? What needs to be revived? What needs to come to life or be made new? As we look at Scripture today and as we talk about prayer I want you to focus on your life and your story, what needs to be renewed this morning. Amen. We're starting a week of prayer this week, so I encourage you to come out, participate in corporate prayer. It matters. Um, of course, it matters that we have our individual prayer times and our talks with the Lord. But when we come together and we gather corporately and pray for prayer points for our nation and for us as a church it's incredible what God does when God's people pray together, amen. So I encourage you to come out. Um, also, as you leave today, there's packets. If you'd like to begin, we're going to do a 21-day fasting and prayer. In the packet, it tells you what to do, how to do it. There's all kinds of variations of fasts, and um, so we'd love for it to have you join us on that journey as well, And so, but that's up to you, obviously, and you and the Lord. But it's going to be an incredible time of setting ourselves aside. And renewing our minds, renewing our priorities. So also, I don't normally always promote books, but been uh, reading this book by our assistant general superintendent of the AG called In Jesus Name, Five Altars of Prayer That Move Heaven and Earth. So I'm going to quote some of it today, but it has been incredible to look at the power of prayer. As Christians, we know we know that there's power in prayer, right? I guess every one of you would say, yeah, right? But let me ask you this. Then why is it so often we don't participate in prayer? Why is it that if we understand the power of it, why are we not doing it enough, personally or even corporately, right? Well, there's a real reason to that, and we're gonna talk about that today because the enemy of our soul, Satan, he understands What prayer does. And so he tries to get us distracted and all the things that cause us to not spend time praying because it stops him. So we're going to talk about that today. So one of the quotes I want to start off from the book, and this is from Rick DeBose, the author. He says this, if we really understood the effects that prayer has on the world and our lives, the church would become a place of continual prayer we would pray without ceasing. Believers would start their days with fervent prayer and every Christian family would have a well-worn altar in their home. If we really understood the power of prayer, it would change the way we pray. And so that's my heart's desire for you, is that even today, you might have known Jesus for a really long time, and maybe you have prayed in your life, but my prayer for you today is that you get encouraged and challenged to pray more, to speak prayers to Jesus, to call out things and speak things into existence, to pray big prayers. Because I don't know about you, but our world needs Jesus. They need hope, right? Our friends and family, Even ourselves, right? There's brokenness, there's hurt, there's depression, there's all kinds of things outside of this room right now and even inside this room. We need the power of God. And prayer is what moves heaven, amen? So let's pray this morning as we get into the word. Father, I thank you so much for this morning. We thank you for your presence. And Jesus, we do, we honor you in the room. King of kings and Lord of lords, Father, we thank you for your scripture. We thank you that it's living and active. And Lord, we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would just speak to us this morning. Open our ears, open our eyes. Father, may we walk out of here different. Father, may we have an encounter with your word today as you speak to us, as you encourage us, as you challenge us, as you call us to new places in prayer today. God, we thank you for your example that you have given us and how to pray. We thank you that you've given us the word of God to be able to pray um, and watch what you do as we pray. Father, we thank you that you answer prayers. We love you, Jesus, in your precious name, amen. We're gonna be talking about Daniel today. But before we do, I want to share with you, last year as a leadership team, we uh, created a prayer focus. There were about 12 different prayers that this whole entire last year, our board, our staff, some of our prayer team on Saturdays, people have been gathering and praying for these 12 prayer points. And it was so cool at the end of this year as we gather as a staff and a board, and we looked through that list of prayer. And of course the prayers were all God's heart. They weren't, they weren't asking for, you know, a million dollar building or things like that. They were praying God's heart for our church and our community and people and the lost. And you know, so it was it was those kinds of things. But as we went through the list, I said, let's look at it through the the vision of answered prayer. And all of a sudden, as we noticed, we'd go through the different prayer points. And at the end of the year, 75% of them God had answered and the other 25% are on their way in the process. And it was incredible to be able to see God wants to answer our prayers. Heaven is waiting. Angels are waiting to be activated when we call on the name of Jesus. But we have to participate in that. And so today we're gonna look at a man named Daniel. I know for some of you that grew up in Sunday school, you, you know the stories, you know the accounts of Daniel in the lion's den, Daniel in the fiery furnace, right? There's all these things that we know about Daniel. But what I don't think we really, really truly get is that Daniel was a man of prayer. He knew his God, he trusted his God, and when it came down to it, he was going to pray to the one and only God no matter what, even if it meant death. And so we're going to look at his life a little bit today and how we can learn from this man of prayer. Okay? Amen? Sound good? So turn with me to Daniel chapter 6. That's where we're going to go to here in a minute. So Daniel was a young Jewish exile living in Babylon. So imagine you're a young guy and all of a sudden you get captured from your place and you get transitioned to a whole other place to live. That would be really frustrating and really angering. And so Daniel made a choice, right? He could have been bitter and angry, but he was going to continue to be who God needed him to be despite his circumstances. He wasn't going to let that impact him. Daniel had been selected to serve in the king's palace, so he had favor already in his life. He had been recognized for his talent and potential and it was a position of favor. But it came with temptations and challenges. Just because he was a man of prayer and had faithfulness and favor didn't mean that he wasn't going to be tempted or challenged. There was a point where Daniel was offered food and alcohol that violated his lifestyle as a Jew, but he refused to eat it or risk his position. And possibly if he didn't eat it, it would caused him to lose his life. But Daniel refused. He stayed steady on what God called him to be and called him to do. His Jewish practices were his life. He continued to observe these things and worship Israel's one and only God. Daniel refused to live as the world around him, even when it cost him. I want us to stop there for a minute. I'm gonna say that again. Daniel refused to live as the world around him, even when it cost him. Are we there as men and women, Christ followers? Are we, do we refuse to live like the world when it costs? That's what it's going to take. You know, he lost his home, taken, abducted to a whole nother place, but he didn't lose his God. Though he served in Babylon, he continued to serve the one and only true God. God blessed his faithfulness with wisdom beyond any other in the land. This wisdom allowed him to rise quickly in influence and gave him favor, kind of like Joseph in the Old Testament. You see, Daniel was engaged in something that threatened the demonic powers of that nation. And his, po- his prayer is what encouraged that. You see, nothing threatens The work of the enemy more than prayer. You want to make the enemy mad? You want to push him back out of your life and your family? Start praying. Calling out the name of Jesus. Calling out those people. Start praying life. Daniel knew the power of prayer. You see, you can gain political power. You can can accumulate wealth. You can use your platform to share your faith, but nothing, all right, nothing, threatens the work of Satan more than when we pray. Shouldn't that just make us as a church, that's what we do mostly? Of course, faith without works is dead, so we can't just be in a sanctuary 24 hours a day just praying. But knowing this should cause us to pray way more than we are. Amen? And in 2024, church, we've got to be on our face more. We've got to be praying individually more, when we gather, we need to be praying together collectively for our community, for our families. There is power when we pray. Our prayers move heaven. I don't know about you, I've got some people in my life that, we need, that need heaven move for them. There's some healings, there's some miracles, there's some things that are desperate. Prayer is what moves those things, amen? So turn with me to Daniel chapter 6. And we're going to start where, by this point, Daniel has already went through the whole fiery furnace. Like he's already, God has already seen him through, all right? And so this is the next account of where we're going to talk about with Daniel, all right? So we're going to look at verses 1 through 10 here. So Darius the Mede which was the next king, decided to divide the kingdom in 120 provinces. And he appointed a high officer to rule over each province. The king also chose Daniel and two others as administrators to to supervise the high officers and protect the king's interests. Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and high officers. Because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to place him, Daniel, over all the empire. All right, so this is a really big deal. All right, he's gaining favor, he's de- gaining position, and it's causing problems between other administrators. They're becoming jealous, they're not liking him. All right, verse 4 says, Then the other administrators and high officers begin searching for some fault in the way that Daniel was handling government affairs. All right? So they're trying to find any kind of stuff that they can find on Daniel to get him out. All right? But they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. Can I just stop us right there? Wow. Like what a goal. What a what a goal for us to be men and women of righteousness and holiness, not perfect. But here was a man because of his prayer, because of his faithfulness, These other government people who were trying to find fault in him could not. They couldn't come up with anything. Oh, that we would be like that, right? Men and women that lived like that. And again, the goal isn't perfection, but I'm calling us to a greater place of accountability, a greater place of holiness and righteousness than we've been, church. The Bible says that Jesus is coming for a bride, spotless, without wrinkle, That means we've all got a lot of heart work to do to make sure that we are ready for when Jesus comes back, that our family is ready, that our loved ones are ready, right? Daniel was a man of integrity, and that's what got him to where he was. They couldn't find anything to criticize him. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. So they concluded, all right, so now they're gonna gather together to make a plan. Our only chance of finding grounds for accusing Daniel will be in connection with the rules of his religion. So now they were gonna come after how he served Jesus, how he loved Jesus. So the administrators and high officers went to the king and said, Long live King Darius. All right, so they're trying to trap him in this moment. We are all in agreement. We administrators, officials, high officers, advisors, and governors, that the king should make a law that will be strictly enforced. Give orders that for the next 30 days, any person who prays to anyone divine or human except you your majesty will be thrown into the den of lions. So here they are pumping him up, getting him to want to put this decree out, right? For 30 days that nobody would pray to anybody other than this king. Or they would be thrown into this den of lions. Verse eight says, and now your majesty, issue and sign this law so it cannot be changed an official law of the Medes and Persians that cannot be revoked. So King Darius signed it into law. He wasn't realizing what was happening. He was a fan of Daniel. He had put him into some of those positions. So he was trapped in this terrible ploy to get Daniel out. Verse 10, but when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and he knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its windows open towards Jerusalem because that's how he prayed. He prayed at the altar of his window just like he'd always done. He prayed three times a day just as he had always done giving thanks to God. So even though this became law of the land, Daniel found out and he was unmoved, unscathed because he knew, I mean, he just had watched the God of the fiery furnace, right? Deliver them from that. He's going to continue to serve the Lord. And, you know, he could have closed the window and still prayed, right? Absolutely. But he continued as if he'd always done it the same way. He wasn't going to let anything stop him. The power of prayer is so incredible. Daniel was known for that. Prayer is not something that we're left to figure out on our own, you guys. It's simple conversation with Jesus. If you're new to praying, it doesn't have to be long conversations. It can be something as, dear Lord, help me today. Give me grace and strength as I go. As you grow in your relationship with Jesus, your prayer will grow, absolutely. I remember early on in my, in my days of learning and leadership, I remember being like, somebody would say, yeah, we're gonna pray for an hour. And I remember being like, about what? What are we gonna pray, like an hour? You know, that just seemed like a really long time. And that's okay. If you're at that place where you're like, you hear praying for an hour is overwhelming, that's okay. It's not about the amount of prayer. It's about the, the time that you're spending with the one who loves you. And as you grow that will grow with you, just like babies, right? They start off, they can't crawl, but eventually they start to crawl, right? And then eventually they scoot and then they stand up and fall. It's the same thing in our spiritual journey, right? Not all of us are on the same path, part of the path, right? And that's okay, but as long as you're just moving forward, you're growing in prayer. You're, you're not just the same as last year. So this year, what's that gonna look like for you in 2024? How's your prayer life going to be? How are you going to renew that so that that is fresh? All right, that's going to be up to you. You have to make those decisions. It's interesting that from this account in Daniel that his enemies struck Daniel at his place of strength, which was prayer. The enemy of your soul is going to hit you where you're strong to try to get you down. You got to be aware of that. And so how did, how did Daniel handle this? Well, he did how he handled it all the other times. He got on his face, he got on his knees, called out to the God who had rescued him already before. And the story goes on, which you can read later in the rest of Daniel chapter six, where he ends up obviously the king who loves Daniel because he decreed it, had to follow through And he had to place Daniel literally in this den of lions, covering it with a stone, and walk away. And the scripture says that that next day, like he couldn't wait to get back to the den. And of course, the end of the story, we realize Daniel made it. There was somebody else with him who shut the mouths of the lions. Incredible, incredible, you guys. Those aren't just stories, That's our God acting on behalf because of prayer, because of his faithfulness. So whatever you're going through, God will see you through, amen? So why do you think Satan's so opposed to prayer? He is because he knows how much it matters. He knows how much prayer matters. Do you? Because if so, we'd live different. We'd be praying a whole lot more. Turn with me to Ephesians 6, 12. You see, in our world, our conflict and our relational struggles, all the things that are going on that are stress and chaos and tension, it's not people. Our battle isn't with other people. Ephesians says, "...for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world." Against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in heavenly places. That's what we're dealing with. So, if we're dealing with it in the spirit realm, where do we need to go to fight it? Spirit realm. We need to go there in prayer. Tackle those things in prayer. If you're having an issue in your marriage, tackle that in prayer. If you're having an issue in your family and you need reconciliation and forgiveness, Tackle that in prayer. Begin praying for yourself and your own heart, praying for that situation, declaring scripture over that situation, and you will watch God begin to transform you. Prayer changes us. It's first. (laughs) And then it changes the situation. Satan fears prayer because it moves heaven. When we pray in the name of Jesus, the heavenlies are activated. Do you realize up in heaven, the throne room, I mean, you read Revelation and all the descriptions of how beautiful it is and the creatures that are around the throne room, they're not up there just singing kumbaya. When prayers are released, Jesus prays on our behalf as well. How cool. It's almost like an extra activation of that prayer. And then all of a sudden, angels are going out here and going out here. All kinds of things are happening when we pray. I know we don't see it, And that's why we get discouraged. We don't see the answer. We don't see the change. Well, I've been praying for a really long time. Nothing's happening. It's happening. You just aren't seeing it yet. Keep praying. Keep believing. Keep standing. Amen? Satan understands that he is most vulnerable when we pray. It's no surprise that he will use every tactic at his disposal to keep us praying. he, He wants to silence your prayers. Think about that for a minute. The enemy of your soul wants to silence you from praying. Why? Because then he has all the power. The moment you begin praying, it takes his power away. Can we let that sit in for a minute, guys? Some of you are dealing with stuff in your life and you haven't been able to get free. Time to start praying, time to start believing, start, time to start speaking scripture over those things. Breakthrough in the name of Jesus. Speak that out loud so the enemy can hear you, right? The Barna Research Group has reported that of the Americans, that of the Americans that pray, all right, only 2% pray out loud with another person or group. only 2%. Pray out loud with another person or a group. And of that, only 2 more percent participate when praying in their church. Guys, we've got to change that. The work of the ministry comes through our prayer life. Comes the fruit of ministry comes from praying first. And and I'm thankful that we are a praying church and I will encourage you guys There's lots of opportunities to gather. We gather corporately often. And because we do that, because we believe that that is the ministry where it starts, the fruit comes out of our prayers for our congregation, for our community, for what's going on in the world, for our own lives. Out of that prayer is where we will continue to see salvations and healings and answered prayer, right? And so I want to encourage you in this new year, when those opportunities are available, come when you can, all right? It's awesome to pray on our own. We want to have that personal relationship with Jesus, but it's incredible when we gather together corporately to pray. A couple, couple of great quotes. Charles Spurgeon says this, a prayerful church is a powerful church. A prayerful church is a powerful church. I wanna be known as a powerful church, you guys, not because of any other reason than we pray Right, and that Jesus is what we people come here for, not any of the other flashy things. Amen? Another quote by Derek Prim says, Christians who neglect corporate prayer are like soldiers who leave their frontline comrades in the lurch. Corporate prayer is how we come together, pray for one another. We've got folks who are sick, folks that are needing a miracle. Well, We're going to those front lines together, praying for God to meet people, amen? Satan fears prayer more than a church service with great music and dynamic sermons. I'm gonna say that again. Satan fears prayer more than a church service with great music and dynamic sermons. What does that mean then for us? We've got to up our prayers. We've got to up our conversations with the Lord, coming together and praying and believing. The enemy is content to let the church fill its time with anything that will keep it from the altar of prayer. You guys, that's not going to be the way it is here. We're going to be led by prayer out of our own personal lives, out of us as a corporate body even into this new year. We're gonna become men and women who have more of a prayer life, who pray together more often, amen? Can we commit to that together as a church? So what keeps us from prayer? Let's evaluate that for a minute. Here's some thoughts. And these these are real things that we deal with, all right? We all deal with the things that try to keep us from praying. Number one, schedule, right? Some of you just have a grueling schedule. The demands of life could be different transitional places of life, but the demands are so overwhelming. It just feels like there's not time. Sometimes it's our relationships, whether they're broken or stressed or tense. We just don't even have the ability to, be, to pray, right? Sometimes it's family. Sometimes it's our desire to be something, to be great. And so we're focused on doing all these good things, but we're not focusing on what God's best for us is. Or maybe it's just a hobby. Again, nothing bad, but it takes our time, takes us away from the Lord and his business and his mission, right? There's other things too as well. But again, the enemy uses not always even things that are bad to get us distracted, to take us away from spending that time on our face, on our knees, and I hope you get that visual when you pray, it literally takes away his power. I don't know about you, but I want to <laughs> I want to amp up my prayer life because I got some people that I love and I want to take away the enemy's power over their life, right? And we get to participate with the Lord. He allows us to be a part of that through the ability to pray. So how do we renew this discipline of prayer in 2024 just a couple thoughts the first thing is this we've got to prioritize it we got to prioritize prayer in our life here's some couple couple ways to do that create a personal prayer altar somewhere for you that works you know maybe it's in your car maybe it's a place in your house where you have a closet maybe it's a chair in your office i have a prayer chair uh, wherever that is for you, create your own personal place where you and God can meet. Maybe that's a trail. Maybe that's, you know, every, we've all got different places and ways that we connect with God. But create a personal altar this year. And then set a time to meet with him. And again, it doesn't have to be crazy long amounts. As you're starting off, just begin and get into a habit. Consistency is important. And over time, you'll build that. And over time, you're going to want more time. You're going to need more time. And it's just going to come naturally, spending time with him. Just like when you meet a new friend, right? You initially start off that relationship. It's a little awkward. Hi, my name is, you know. And then the next time you see him, maybe there's a little bit longer conversation. And then maybe sometime you go for coffee and then you go for lunch, right? Over time, you're able to spend more time and have more conversation, right? Because you're getting to know each other. It's the same with Jesus. Same with our relationship with the Lord. He wants to talk to you just as much. He wants to pour out his wisdom, the things that you need for 2024. And we get that not only from scripture, of course, but we get that from our time with the Lord, listening, talking to him, praying. So it's important to prioritize prayer. Obviously, reading scripture, praying scripture over situations, the word in God is living and active, so when we're praying scripture, it literally is activating things in the spirit world that we don't even know. Incredible. Journal. If you don't have a journal, get one. Write down what the Lord is speaking to you. Write down prayers. Keep track of it. It's incredible when you journal, because you can go back, and you can literally have proof that God exists. That's why I love journals, Because nobody can ever say to me that God doesn't exist or he's not real. Because guess what? I got journals. I got stories, accounts of things that he's done in my life and others. Tangible proof that God exists and that God is working in this day and age. So journal. If you haven't done that, if you haven't started that, try that this year, right? And then the other thing is learn and memorize scripture. Memorize the Lord's Prayer. We've gotten away from some of these things. You know, memorizing scripture, it's so cool to have it in your heart, right? To meditate on God's word, get that in your heart. Let me give you a challenge. If you just memorized one scripture each month, over a year, you would have 12 scriptures that you would know in your heart that you'd be able to pray, you'd be able to say without having to look it up on Google, Right? And and for some people are like, well, that's not very many. Well, it's more than we're doing now, right? I mean, if every year we just are learning 12 more scriptures. What an easy thing to do. Spend one month on one scripture and just downloading it in your heart. Lord, what are you saying? Letting that letting the word read you with that scripture. How cool would that be for us to be a church, right? that has memorized 12 scriptures that we can live by and help other people. Just That's for free. But I, let's challenge ourselves in that, all right? You, you'll see a difference in your, in your world. So we've got to prioritize praying. We've got to prioritize. And these things take time. All the things that I just listed, it's not, I mean, it's going to take time. So you know what? That means there's got to be some trade-off in your life. Something else is going to have to go. It's going to have to be less of something else so you can have more of God, less of me, more of him, less of this, so I can have time with him. But the trade-off, think about the trade-off. What do we get by being his presence? The God of the universe, right? His attention. He hears our heart cries, our prayers. I mean, I don't know, that seems pretty amazing. Psalm 119 says this. I rise early before the sun is up. I cry out for help and put my hope in your words. Now, not everybody rises early, so maybe for you, you stay up late. (laughs) But whatever it is for you, take time, get away from your regular life, set aside some space to talk to the Lord, to talk to Jesus, and to listen. Sometimes we do a lot of talking. You know, God gave us two ears, right, and only one mouth. So we should be listening twice as much as we're speaking. Yeah, he's, he's cool like that, right? God's a, he's a cool creator. He knows what he's doing. All right, and the second thing that will help us in 2024 is we've got to practice praying. We've got to get involved. And so here at Rockside, I want to give you some things, some practical things that you can get involved in in praying, all right? We, we offer opportunities. Weekly pre-service prayer. So 945. On Sundays before the church service, we gather, 10, 12, 15 of us, and we're praying for the service. We're praying for what God is going to do, that the Holy Spirit would move, healings. Sometimes people will get visions or words or encouragement. It's incredible time to be able to come together. We don't spend a lot of time, 10, 15 minutes, so it's not like hours of time, but we're corporately gathering together before the service to set the tone. It's important. So I encourage you, that's every Sunday. So you can come as much as you want, as little as you want. That's an opportunity though to corporately gather and pray and to practice praying, to practice hearing. This week coming up, what a great opportunity. Look at that. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, seven o'clock. Come be a part of corporate prayer. The cool thing about this week coming up is that the Assemblies of God as a global movement. So like churches and people by the thousands are going to be praying this week. Think about what's going on in the heavenlies. The enemy and his minions, they're going running. That's exciting. So please come to the week of prayer this week, gonna be good. Twice a month on Saturdays, we gather here in this sanctuary, the second and fourth Saturdays, 10 o'clock. Great group of people seeking God's face, Praying for our city, praying for our families, praying for our communities, seeking the Holy Spirit. It's a great time. It is so great. Not everybody can come Saturdays. Maybe you work, that's okay. But if you have the opportunity and you're available, come. It's an incredible time corporately for us to gather. And then we have midweeks once a month and we have encounter worship nights and prayer nights at different times. Again, other opportunities to gather corporately, to seek God's face, to pray together corporately. Incredible. And so I want to encourage you to practice, get involved in praying beyond your just personal relationship with Jesus. And the other thing is find somebody In your circle, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's your husband or wife, but find somebody else that can be a prayer partner, somebody that you can call if you need prayer, somebody that you can reach out to where you're struggling, where you can be prayed for and that you can pray for each other. We all need that. We need that kind of support. We need that kind of connection, right, in our lives. And so I encourage you to find that if you don't have that already, because we need that kind of support. Matthew 18, 20 says this. For where two, yeah, you, yep, that's okay. Matthew 18, 20, yep. For where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. And so it's not even about the number that gathers, but when we come together corporately, there's power in our prayers. There's power in coming together. And he is in our midst. The king is in the room when we gather together. And not only that, heaven is waiting to be activated because of our prayers. I remember as a young leader, somebody said, the greatest way you can love somebody is on your knees. And I think we have a world out there that needs love, right? Whether we know them or not. Church, we've gotta be on our knees more. We've gotta be praying more than we've been. This is not a condemnation conversation. This is just an encouragement of 2024, let's reset, right? Let's renew, let's make new this discipline of prayer. Let's take a better look out of it in our lives, amen? Ephesians 3.12 says this, Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence God has made a way that we can; our prayers can come into his presence. That's incredible. How amazing, right? Because of Jesus and our faith in him, we can come boldly. So that means we can pray big prayers that need big answers and big miracles because guess what? Our God is big. And the last scripture is this. You guys are familiar with this. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. And worship team, if you'd come up or whoever's playing, would you come up? Man, the gathering, the coming together the corporate presence. It's important that we, this year, come together more as a church. That we, in our prayer life, we amp that up. That we realize that if we wanna see change, we've gotta pray the enemy away, right? We've got to pray so that in the name of Jesus, those demons will flee, that those things will be broke off. So I wanna challenge you to not be afraid to pray big prayers. There's things you're needing in your life. Don't be afraid to speak those things. Call those things out. Pray it in the name of Jesus. If you need things broke off your life, bring that to the Lord. Say, Jesus, I need help. I need this to be broken off of my life in the name of Jesus. And you're gonna watch over time As you're praying these prayers, just like we prayed those prayers this last year as a team, God begins to answer prayers because that's his heart. He's our father. He wants to give good gifts to his children. He wants to answer the prayers of our hearts when they line up with his will, of course.